This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. And you're listening to Offspring, a podcast all about the anxieties of a parenting journey. This is episode eight, Guilty. Just a content note, this episode is going to deal with topics surrounding depression and anxiety. Guilt is a feeling I'm very familiar with. I've always been prone to massive bouts of guilt over often trivial things. I've learned in more recent times that part of this is due just to the mental illnesses I live with. However, these feelings have also stemmed from those narratives I told about myself that I mentioned in episode one. Parenthood has been a minefield of guilt. That's probably the most prevalent issue I've had over the past two years as both a father-to-be and a father-in-action. All of the topics I've talked about in this series have an element of guilt tied into them in some way or another. One of the bigger problems is that I didn't want to be a father unless I could be the kind of father I wanted to be. I've seen plenty of deadbeat dads who have thought that their part in parenthood basically ended after conception. I've encountered plenty of other dads who use the term babysitting when looking after their kids. I didn't want to be that dad. I wanted to be better. I wanted to be partners with my wife, not another baby for her to look after. And if that comes off as holier-than-now virtue signaling, then so be it. I have no apologies for wanting to be the best dad I could be and for learning from other men's mistakes. However, the problem is that the kind of father I genuinely want to be probably doesn't exist. The person I visualized isn't human. They don't stumble. They enjoy every aspect of the journey. And because of that, their child magically has no issues either. I'm working on this, obviously, but it's hard. And I have had countless experiences where I felt like that I failed Ava and failed Gemma and failed myself. Most of these incidents aren't remarkable, but that's also kind of the point. If you're like me, you've felt a crushing sense of failure, disappointment and regret within yourself when you've mishandled things, even if they're just ordinary experiences. Today's episode will just be me laying out some stories of failings that have crushed me in different ways. I just want people who need to hear these stories to hear them. (laughs) 
When Ava was six months old, we had our first night together, just the two of us. And it sounds a little bit weird, I'm aware, like I'm a late bloomer to some of you. But Jem's had been on maternity leave and I travelled for work a bit back then. Hence, she had multiple opportunities to look after Ava herself. In contrast, I didn't really get the chance to return the favour. Additionally, we'd been able to have a couple of nights and weekends away at this point where my parents had looked after her. And I realise as I say all this, I'm being incredibly defensive once again. How about I probably should have got out of in this podcast by episode 8. And that probably implies some guilt on my end for having taken so long to give her a night off completely but anyhow things went well we had a good time i fed her played with her got her to nap i just did all the usual parenting stuff you have to do with a six month old and it was a little nerve-wracking at times but it was also fun felt good to prove to myself that i could do it and that i was getting on with the job i could see a future where it didn't matter who was home it would be entirely consistent regardless The secret to my confidence at this point was that I was really good at getting Ava to sleep. She was a gift in this regard. She seemed to fall asleep really easily and loved sleeping through the night. We're confident that this is because we had to bottle feed from day one, so she never went hungry. And there was never that stress and trauma that mothers endure when the milk supply doesn't come as planned or when the baby has trouble feeding and all the guilt that's put onto mothers from that point for not breastfeeding 100% of the time, 100% perfectly. And this night was no different. I gave her a bottle and a little bit earlier than what was probably normal. I can't really recall the specifics. And she fell asleep pretty much instantly. I was comfortable with her there, so instead of waiting about 20 minutes, I just watched some TV with her on me for an hour or so. I'd found that the longer she stayed sleeping on you, the better, usually. So I figured there was no problem her being on me for an hour or so. However, just as my show wrapped up and I got ready to dismount the chair, she started to stir and woke up. It's no big deal, I thought. It's not perfect that she's awake, but I'll be able to just pat her bum with some white noise in her room for five minutes and she'll nod back off. I'll get her downstairs and we'll start again. She should be out like a light in no time. You know where this is going. Ava didn't go back to sleep in no time. I carried her around her room, patting her bum, shushing her and listening to lullabies for about 20 minutes, I think. And after a while, my arms started to get pretty sore. So I put it down. And when I put it down, she started screaming at me. Not not only was she not falling asleep, but she was also getting more and more aggressively awake with each passing second. I tried lying her down and patting her bum in the cot. Nothing. I picked her back up to try and get her to sleep. Nothing. I kept reinsetting her dummy, hoping she would soothe herself. Nothing. And after about 45 minutes or an hour, I I honestly can't remember. I was starting to lose the plot a bit. I didn't know how it could have gone so wrong so quickly. We were having such a good night, and now she was so angry at me, screaming so loudly, and I had used up every trick in my book to get her back to sleep. Because I didn't have that many tricks because it was never that much of a problem. For six months she had been a dream to get to sleep. Except for the time she had been sick and she wasn't sick now. She was just screaming and screaming and screaming at me. 
and my patience started to fray. I was staying calm and I was holding it together, but the tone of that screaming started to get more and more intense and my resilience started to shatter at an exponential speed. It's like once that first chip in the armor was hit, it set off a chain reaction where a total collapse was just imminent within seconds. I held her in my arms and she screamed at me and I tried to put the dummy in and the white noise was starting to get on my nerves at this point because it wasn't doing anything and it was just this annoying sound in the background. Then there was just one scream too many and I knew I had to leave. I put it down in the cot screamed in rage and in a blinding second where I could see what I was about to do and knew it was a bad idea but continued on anyway I slammed my fist against the side of her cot and the moment I hit the wood it rattled and it was like the world stopped I knew I'd screwed up I mean the hit probably wouldn't have been enough to put a dent in mud truth be told but it still made a hell of a racket And I was yelling at the time like a madman. The half a second it took for her to erupt into a new scream at a new pitch felt more like half an hour because I knew what was coming. I scampered out of the room and slumped onto the floor as Ava's screaming went well above 11. The noise didn't really consume me anymore. It was the pitch. To an outsider, your baby's screams might sound all the same, but you eventually pick up the different emotions as a parent like you might not know the specific thing they are demanding at six months old but you can tell the difference between an angry cry and a scared one this was a scared one i sat in the hall for a few seconds and my internal monologue kicked into overdrive what is wrong with you she's six months old you're 36 she's a baby what is you wrong with are you a monster what are you going to next baby now you know that hitting objects is the first step to hitting people you are a you're monster. going to be a violent dad who hits his wife you are kids. a monster you're a gonna monster. be scared you can't you. even give your wife a night off without traumatizing what your is child. wrong with you congratulations you just scared a six feel like old. a big man now i knew i had to get in there and fix it but god i didn't know how I picked her up and held her close and apologized to her like I was being paid. In desperation, I took her upstairs and made a bottle hoping that I might stop the screaming and calm her down if she could just take it. She drained it, like completely drained it. And then she fell asleep on me in about 10 minutes and I just sat there. She was hungry, you monster. You didn't think to maybe try feeding her before attacking her cot? What is wrong with you? You are everything that you don't want to be in a She parent. will be scared of you and hate you, and she will have you good reason. You are a monster. I put her back to bed, and I just stayed up for the rest of the night, listening to my thoughts play over and over in my head. Is it worth it? One night I was asked this by a guy I just met and he didn't mean anything by it. He was a friend of a friend and he was just trying to make small talk. There's no bigger gimme to ask a parent of a beautiful baby girl than is it worth it? Of course he didn't realise that he was speaking to an overthinker who could represent New Zealand at the Anxiety Olympics. It was awkward because I became 
flustered and didn't answer straight away. And you should answer that question straight away. That's a no hesitation question right there. But I didn't even answer. I I couldn't figure out what to say. Each millisecond of silence became more noticeable, so I resorted to answering a question with a question. Do you want to have kids? I inquired curiously. Oh yes, he answered, without hesitation, a genuine smile breaking out over his face as he answered. Oh, you will totally find it worth it then, I said. And he nodded hesitantly, sort of confused, back at me. And that was the end of our chats for the night. And it was kind of the end of me chatting at all. I was consumed by self-loathing and guilt. You don't drop the ball on, is it worth it? It haunted me that I couldn't get it. Uh, As I stared at my daughter, I could just feel panic washing over me because there were times that I had absolutely had thoughts that it wasn't worth it. I just kind of disregarded them because nobody asked me point blank about them. I thought about it a lot, as you're probably not surprised to hear by now. I was asked this question in a state of stress and fatigue. I was in mourning for the simplicity and freedom of my old life. And I mean, sometimes I am in mourning for that all over again. Just like you sometimes feel profound grief for a loved one you haven't thought about in a while. I went over it and over it and over it again, pondering the very nature of the question. Like what happens if you say no? You can't exactly do anything about it, can you? What an earth would the dinner have been like then i spread the question out into different scenarios is my sense of isolation and failure worth giving up sleep-filled nights possibly not is her laughing and cuddling me with her arms outstretched worth giving up regular nights at the movies yeah it is is the financial strain worth the sacrificing of financial freedom i don't know Is being able to smell her hair in the evenings worth giving up mammoth Xbox sessions on the couch? I mean, yes, at the moment, but ask me again when there's a new Red Dead Redemption game out. I felt guilty about this for hours and days and probably weeks. After unpacking it so many times, I realized later this question is so stupid and it's kind of cruel. I don't feel angry at him for asking it, by the way. I, as I said, we'd only just met. He's a lovely, lovely, lovely man who will make a phenomenal father. He was just doing what you do. When the only thing you know about the person you're speaking to is that they're a new father. You ask them a gimme and hope it'll put everyone at ease. But I wasn't in a good place. I was asked it, as I said, when I was frazzled and tired. And there had been multiple moments over my parenting journey at that stage where I had thought, yeah, this is not worth it. I hate this. Of course they had. How how could they not be? In my best state of mind, I know that thoughts are essentially meaningless. Our inner monologue doesn't define us like we so often think it does. It's our actions that define us. But, you know, one of my problems is I take those thoughts seriously a lot of the time because I'm not in my best state of mind. As I've made abundantly clear by this point, I think, that's part of my struggle and my journey. Often I don't handle those thoughts properly and they overwhelm me and the same thing happens to so many people. But funnily enough, after a while, this time I could. Because yeah, 
I had those thoughts before, but they didn't mean anything really. I didn't need to unpack the question the way I had been. The question is so absurd and so simplistic that it can't possibly be a proper gauge of reality in any scenario. There were definitely times when I said that having my daughter wasn't worth it. And there are times I'll say it now and I'll probably say it again in the future. But I also have fake arguments with people in the shower. And I think many things that aren't true and don't reflect my actions. I don't know what quote it is supposed to be in that question. But you know what? I'm confident in saying that, yeah, Ava is worth quote it. But we should be allowed to tell ourselves that it's not worth it when we're trying to deal with a poo explosion in a petrol station toilet on a summer's day while your kid screams the whole place down. You should be able to do that. Because that sucks. That scenario sucks. But if you're actually changing the nappy and you're going through it, it's your actions that are telling the story. Not you're in a monologue. A while ago at Christmas, we tried to get some Santa photos taken at Smith & Coey's, and it was a Saturday afternoon. Needless to say, it was a bit of a nightmare. Despite us having a booking, there was still a queue that was like, I don't know, half an hour, 40 minutes long, which sort of raised the question of why we had bothered to book. But the, the worst part is that we had actually separated out two bookings and there was a couple of hours between them and we went in the first one this is all mind-numbing detail that you don't really need to know about but the point is is that in that time Ava kicked off in a way that she doesn't normally kick off it was just of course she did because of where we were and what we were trying to accomplish and it was hot and it was horrible and she really got to Gemma and I after just this relentless screaming that neither of us could handle and I handled it very badly one of probably the worst sort of moments in my parenting life so far and that bounced all the pressure back onto Gemma luckily we were with our you know my parents and they were able to actually take her away and just take her home we cancelled the whole thing but I, I needed time to just to decompress as Gemma did. And I, we sort of went our separate ways for a bit. Not We weren't angry at each other, but we just needed to catch our breath a bit before we sort of hung out, I suppose, and sort of talked about it further. And I went down to get a iced coffee. The first place I found that did it was Dunkin' Donuts. So, okay, whatever. I find myself in a Dunkin' Donuts and I'm raging. Like, I am so angry at Ava. It's unreasonable how angry I am I know that because yeah she was probably really tired and overwhelmed and hot and bothered and hungry who knows there's a million reasons why she could have been having this meltdown the point is is that she wasn't doing it intentionally to upset us she was upset and she was trying to communicate that she was upset and was getting nowhere with it from her perspective we were keeping her prisoner I suppose so I know that now all this time later, but I, I I knew it at the time, but I didn't want to process that. I was raging. I was so angry that it was energizing me, the resentment I had for her at that stage. 
And then it dawned on me, I should really feel guilty about this. I should feel very guilty that I'm so profoundly angry at my 16-month-old daughter for being like a 16-month-old. But I wasn't. I kind of was dwelling in the anger. And then I started to feel guilty because I wasn't feeling guilt. For one of the only times in this whole frustrating journey, I was actually allowing myself to feel my feelings and just process them in my own time. And I still managed to find a way to feel guilty because I wasn't feeling guilty. Now, at the risk of this whole episode turning into some cliche, overdone, masturbatory meta-mediation on the role of the author in their work, I do want to take a moment to talk about this show. I want to express that I am aware this whole experience has probably been a bit unfair on Ava. I've been plagued by the guilt of knowing that I have produced this series while she's a baby. I haven't been able to communicate with her and ask her if she is comfortable with me doing it and whether she is okay with me exposing parts of our lives to strangers like this. I feel guilty, wondering if I have sacrificed her and my wish to model vulnerability for other parents out there. And I worry that I have only highlighted the negatives about my parenting journey. I feel guilty that people might think that I don't love my daughter or that I don't like her, neither of which could be Further from the truth, I feel guilty that I've mined personal private trauma for my own gain. At the same time, she innocently just continues being her beautiful self, unaware that I'm scrutinizing our relationship to relate to people she'll never meet. I feel guilty in case I've done a lousy job with this, and she now has a whole lot of people pitying her for having a father that would be so cruel as to write a podcast series about how he has struggled with being her father. Ava is still a baby. She hasn't done anything wrong. She's learning to be human in the world and to communicate and understand what is good and what's bad. She doesn't scream when we take away something dangerous from her because she hates us and wants to see us hurt. She just doesn't have words yet. She's a wonderful daughter and she's innocent. I don't imagine that Ava will listen to this podcast in the future. I mean, by the time she's old enough to even potentially have any interest in her parents' younger days, we will have probably moved on from podcasts and some other form of content that we all will feel stupid for not seeing was the future. But she might hear the show one day or read my transcripts or she will somehow encounter this version of me talking about my struggles with fatherhood. I worry that she'll resent me for it. And I won't have a decent argument to sway her away from not resenting me. I feel really proud of the work that's been done with this podcast in some ways. I've had beautiful messages from other parents telling me how they've related to these struggles. And I also feel like I have succeeded in creating a vulnerable space where people are comfortable I feel like I've been forced to unpack some of my own complex emotions. And this will help me be a better dad. But I feel guilty because I can't help but feel that maybe I've made those connections by throwing my daughter under the bus. I don't actually know. 
the jury's kind of out on that one, but hopefully, hopefully I can make it up to her. That song was called Hurt and it was by Meg Myers off her 2020 EP I'd Like to Go Home Now. 
The other song sampled throughout this episode is called Hello, and that was performed by Explosions in the Sky and David Wingo. Offspring is written and produced by me, Bevan Morgan, at Momo Studios, and the one and only Kitty Kitty Door, Aotearoa. Thank you so much to 89.0 Free FM and accessmedia.nz for their help and distribution of this podcast. And thanks to you for listening. Hopefully we'll see you next week. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.